Of the 92 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey, welcome back to Backlog Banter. Today, we're furthering our quest for the bestest. We're looking for the very best out of the Best Picture winners of all time. I'm Timo. I'm joined by Abram, Tanner, and Tucker. And today, we're going to be talking about the 1988 Best Picture winner, Rain Man. But before we get started, let's do a little recap of what happened last week in a surprising turn of events. The Godfather Part Two, 1974 Francis Ford Coppola film, got surprisingly low marks. We put it number three, below Godfather Part One and Godfather Part Two, much to the dismay oh. of Abram. We put it below Parasite. Parasite. I missed that. Yes, there you go. Abram was upset about that. But we rule with the will of the majority with plenty of deliberation, but the votes still come in at the end. So this week, we're talking about Rain Man. Yes. Thoughts? Yes. Abram, got some thoughts on this. We tried to record this once before, got fucked up. There's a post credits here that'll kind of explain. But Abram's got some interesting thoughts. Yeah, I have a a very interesting relationship with this film. I found this film incredibly hard to watch personally. Um, I... I'm not autistic, but I do deal with pretty big mental issues that have informed a lot of my life and uh, how I've gone about things and and personal connections and and such. So watching this film, I was hit by it in a very acute way. Uh, The relationship between Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise, I think, is really uh, powerful. I think the entire film is really powerful. And I kind of found myself entranced by it for a lot of different reasons, completely noting that a lot of that is subjective with the baggage I bring into the film. Um, But watching it, I found it to be a deeply affecting movie. Hmm. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting one. We've been on a a hot streak of movies that are considered top of the line. I mean, Godfather, Godfather 2, Parasite, these are ones that that I've, even though Parasite's much newer, are are widely considered some of the top of the industry. In Rain Man, clearly there's some people who think that it's the top of the industry, it won Best Picture, but it really is not held on the pedestal that those other ones are. And uh, it's a movie that I think doesn't get enough love. Uh, Tanner spent a long time during the movie kind of crapping on the fact that it won Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, But it's not a movie that I don't think I would have one best picture for but i do have a lot of respect for it and i actually do think it's a very good movie i think i think it's an interesting and conflicted movie because it was made in the 80s and because it's dealing with like developmental disabilities and portraying them and you've got tom cruise's character who interacts in a very different way than you would with an autistic person nowadays you'd you'd never you would never dare do that if you if you had any two cents in your brain nowadays yeah. but it's it just society and the way that we as as a, a culture of like talk and think about these specific issues has moved on quite a lot from the way the movie portrayed them i think and we science knows a lot more and we there's a lot of different stuff with it that i think really impacted at least my viewing of it mm-hmm yeah, uh, I th- yeah, I think we're all I, we're all sort of dancing around the same the same uh, problems here. Is that the portrayal of autism, the uh, high functioning autism by Dustin Hoffman, maybe doesn't live up to today's standards. But uh, setting that aside, 
I do think this is a good movie. I think, you know, setting aside the problematic aspects of his performance, I think Dustin Hoffman does well. Tom Cruise does well. The relationship is uh, well-written, well-acted for the most part, I think. But it's just a good movie. I I just can't get it through my head how this movie in particular won Best Picture. I just, it doesn't like click in my brain for me. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to say really quick before we, I think, move off of what what Timo was going to say is I think that a lot of conversation is a little bit obscured by the way the film portrays what it portrays. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that that really is the strength of the film. And I'm not even sure that's really at the core of, Mm. of why the relationship between Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman is so interesting. And for me, I actually wasn't really bothered by the the quote-unquote problematic aspects of the film understand not only when it was made but when it is set um by contrast i really fucking hated the way that joker portrayed mental illness because that's modern in that film i think had a responsibility to do things that it didn't Mm. i uh, i think that of course under a modern lens a lot of things are not going to hold up and aspects of rain man certainly fall under that category but i think contextualizing it if possible is important but again just like how i bring my own stuff to this film other people bring stuff that makes that hard to do um but i think to, to tanner's point if you can if you can weave around what the film does i really think that there is such a a potent emotional core at at, at the center of of rain man and for me that's why the film was so affecting and i think that's probably why it did win best picture yeah so i made this comment during nearing the end of the movie as tanner was sort of you know going through his his role about how it was he was surprised that it won best picture and kind of kind of titillating on some of the more controversial points about the movie and and to me this is one of the examples of best pictures and the oscars in general sort of falling into what i i personally see as kind of sort of a trope of two unlikely characters go on a journey across the country and the more hardened one becomes you know uh, softens in, up a little bit softens mm. up yeah and then they mm. sort of reach an understanding and then there's a, a i felt this movie f- seemed especially given its best, best picture winning status very similar to green book yeah mm. and I, I think that's where my comparison comes from yeah it's or driving it, miss daisy yeah, mm. so it's oh. it seems you know I, I don't know for me that's not exactly a good thing I kind of felt like the movie is a little bit Oscar bait. It's written yeah. and performed and directed for the purpose of um, winning a best awards. picture, yeah. winning awards. And now that, that doesn't disqualify it from being a good film. I think that that definitely goes into my thinking about it, especially amongst ranking it um, against other best picture winners. Yeah, sure. Cause this is of course our personal ranking and this is our personal opinions on it. And we can each bring whatever our own perspective is to how we want to rank these movies and how we want to, to personally analyze them because we're not the, we're not the Academy and no. uh, good. Glad we're not <laughs> because we get to decide on our own. Yes. Fuck you Oscars, but also <gasps> I like watching the Oscars. Ah, uh, yes, me too um should we get should we just get right into the more the the uh the the more minutia of this film yes because uh, one thing i noticed this is this is a very this is a very minute thing about the writing i just noticed it i wondered if anyone else did uh yeah so basically there's several points throughout the film where obviously dustin hoffman um what what's his character's name first name raymond raymond Raymond, thank you oh yeah rain man of course (laughs) i'm an idiot uh he's a high functioning autistic person 
And, you know, he can, you know, he's good with numbers and things of that nature. There's several points through the film where he displays this to Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And Tom Cruise seems to be surprised by it every single time. Like, equally surprised every time. He's like, wait, you can, you you know the number of toothpicks? You can count the toothpicks? You can, you can count cards? Like, yes, obviously. That you've seen this happen before. He's good with numbers. He's done incredible, he memorized a phone book g of a phone book and you're surprised that he can yeah i just you you know that he is able to do these things and yet he's surprised every time i just felt that was a weakness of the writing and it it seemed like overall the film was just trying to was sort of spinning its wheels a little bit in terms of and waiting for their that sort of reveal in the motel about the uh relationship the childhood relationship between the two characters yeah I want to pose a question to you boys that talks about writing and spinning your wheels. And I think points (laughs) to one of the weaker aspects of the film for me. What the fuck does Tom Cruise do? And why is that in the movie? He is, he sells, he imports cars and sells them. So, so I think it's actually, it's it's, (laughs) what he does for his job is critical to the setup for the movie. He imports luxury cars and sells them to rich people in LA. But this new deal that he's going to do is getting screwed over by the Environmental Protection Agency because the Lamborghinis he's importing um, don't meet the requirements. And he's taken out a loan to purchase these expensive cars. The loan is coming due. The EPA is not releasing the cars. He needs money because his buyers want their down payments back. It's very complicated. The long short of it is he needs money. And when he finds out that he's been cut out of the will, he's going to do whatever it takes to get the money back, which mm. means that he's going to kidnap Raymond. Yeah. I, I, and I think, it's an, I think the setup is fine. I just think that it makes the film a little bit too convoluted. And I think that could have been an, a more elegant way to establish Tom Cruise. Need, Tom Cruise needing money is not complicated to establish. <laughs> yeah. and, and I thought that he was a con man at the beginning. I think, he's, I think he is a con man the whole film. Because yeah. he goes to, he goes, he, they're in Oklahoma and Raymond's got to watch TV at three o'clock. And so instead of like being up front with the, the housewife and just like trying to, trying to explain the situation as like a logic, as like a, maybe a normal person would and appeal to their, their niceness, he comes up with this scheme about them being Nielsen um, TV analytics collector. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it immediately falls apart because it's not right. But it's the thing he thinks of because he's a con man. And he thinks yeah. of going to Vegas because he's a con man. That's who he is as a character. He's this like he's the eighties asshole condensed. Yeah. I think. I think well, okay. So that would work. What the, that whole thing of him being a con man would work for the in the film's favor. Cause like it, when they're in Oklahoma, he learns that being, you know, honesty is the best policy, as we've all learned in kindergarten. Apparently not Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, but then it like that would have cut, that would have worked as a theme and an arc for Tom Cruise if you know there have been consequences to them counting cards and him you know ex- exploiting his brother in Las Vegas, but that but didn't weren't. happen. Yeah, they, he got told to leave and they kept the money and they kept the money. Like if there was if they didn't get the money, like that would be a consequence of him being a con man, being a liar, and lying to this you know the, the casino heads at the, that were ex- that were questioning him. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I, I've been I've been stewing on this a while. Listen to all you guys bring up these very excellent points, and I think the point of the writing being weak, and then the store backstory of Tom Cruise's character Charlie Babbitt not necessarily being uh, as 
uh, in the forefront as I kind of wanted it to be. This, the, my main problem with this movie and its writing and its pacing and everything is convenience. Mm-hmm. They just do things because it progresses the movie, not because it fits the writing, not because it fits the characters, mm-hmm. and things sort of just feel like they're thrown together. It is such a focus of the movie, uh, um, Tom Cruise's character's backstory and, and job at the beginning, completely takes the backseat for most of it. He does occasional calls, but you can't really tell what's going on. And it's a little bit convoluted, as Agram said, and, and the writing that doesn't necessarily fit the characters when certain things come up, like Tanner said. And then you explained his job, Timo. And a lot of that, it goes by so quickly, it's hard to understand. I've mm-hmm. seen this movie twice. I think this is a very good movie, and I, I personally like it a lot. But I do think that it's weaker when it comes to being a best picture because it feels either predictable in the ways that we were saying it being Oscar bait or uh, just takes the easy route and just throws things at the wall. It, it doesn't feel like it's really planned out in a lot of ways, which is – I'm actually starting to l- lower my opinion on this movie the more I talk about it. <laughs> but, I, I mean, hey, that's what this is for. That's what the liberation conversation is for. Yeah. Uh, I just something I thought of just more evidence of this film being very wheel spinny and how it was written. Um, I think the high points of this film very clearly are the emotional high point of them, uh, the the scene between them in the motel, and then the sort of audience pleasing fun high point of them, you know, counting cards in Las Vegas. Everything yeah. between that is very forgettable. There's a, whole, there's a whole scene in there where Tom Cruise needs to be told again that his brother has autism by some random doctor in some mm-hmm. podunk town. Like, why, why is that in there again? I, don't, I, I just don't understand that whole aspect. It's, yeah, it feels very... They're, they're, they're putting just the same emotional and story beats in there over and over again until they get to those high points. Something I I wanted to raise because I I think you're totally right is whether or not a film for best picture needs to holistically be that best picture or whether it needs to use its various disparate aspects to propel one central idea or one central feeling or one central strength. Mm. Because I totally agree with the weaknesses that we've brought up, but I also think that the, the charisma of Tom Cruise, the commitment of Dustin Hoffman, the way they play off of each other, the way they relate, the way that Susanna is thrown in. I think that that emotional core makes a lot of those problems seem a lot more inconsequential. So for mm-hmm. me, a lot of critiquing film is about, okay, yeah, there are these weaknesses here. I can rip apart even my most favorite films. Like, shout out to fucking Blade Runner behind me. <laughs> but what a film does and what it, puts his energy towards I think is most interesting Mm. and I don't know for you guys where you come down on that but it's a lot easier for me to overlook his other aspects when those performances and that relationship is so compelling yeah Yeah. you know we're 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 we got a a bunch more stuff to do after we get done with our discussion so I think we got to wrap it up but I just want to get in one um one last thing that for me Tom Cruise's emotional development arc feels weird and stunted it seems like he spends most of the movie denying that his brother has autism and fighting against it and then very rapidly as soon as he's able to use him for his own benefit in vegas does he switch into like really loving his brother with with like the the dancing scene where he chooses chooses how to dance it seems very abrupt to me unlike in some of these other movies and like 
to me, that's the emotional core of the movie. And so even though like, yeah, I think you're right that the movie does a lot of this emotional stuff well. And I think the portrayal, you know, they obviously did a lot of research on it. Um, it's still, it, that, that's the one thing that gets me above maybe the other stuff is that it's just, it feels like mistimed. It feels not, it doesn't feel gradual. It doesn't feel like a true arc to me. It feels like a switch. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing I would say is that the scene where he realizes that Raymond is Rain Man, because that came before the, mm-hmm. the uh, Vegas stuff. For me, that's when I think he started to recognize Raymond, not just as a burden, but as someone to, to understand. And for me, the casino scene, I read that almost as a little bit more empowering. Like, like yes, it was manipulative, but it was also Charlie Babbitt for as much of a douchebag as he was empowering his brother to do what he couldn't. And there's certainly the manipulative part there, and that's completely undeniable. But it's partially the filmmaking, but, but partially it felt a lot more uplifting. And that felt like an ask an element where their relationship was a little bit more in harmony and he was being watched out for and he stopped ariel whatever her fucking name was for taking advantage of his brother he didn't let that play for a joke he was being a little bit more protective he's still a fucking douchebag for making Mm -hmm. his brother do that for him but i think in his own way which is why the nuance of the emotional arcs that these characters have is a little bit more interesting is that while he was taking advantage of them, he was also finally acknowledging Rain, Raymond as a person and as somebody to work with, not somebody to drag by the backpack. Sure, yeah. And I think when he gets in the suit and, and starts to, to, as you said, like empower him to be his own person, I mean, that's really what the, the crux of the film comes down to in that one of the last scenes at the end when the, uh, the analyst and the um, person from the uh, institution are trying to gauge how Raymond is feeling and, and how free he can be. And, and Charlie has such a confidence in Raymond's ability to take care of himself and make his own decisions, even if it's hard to understand what he's thinking. That really is the emotional core of the movie for me. And actually why I think their performances, which I think both are absolutely fantastic, probably some of my favorites from both of the main actors, um, work so well. Because that, that, at the end of the day, even though I don't necessarily like the progression of it, I do think that that's a pretty interesting story especially because we don't see that kind of stuff super often. I mean, we get the story format of the two different characters going on the journey and the hard one coming soft, but, but the idea of it being through the lens of mental disability and, and how far someone can push to be their own person while they still have mental disability. I think that's really good. And I, I'm trying to bring this up because I've been, I've been crapping on the movie. I know we've been, we've been critiquing it, but at the end of the day, I gave this an eight out of 10. I think it is a very good movie. It is predictable in places. I'm mostly cr- criticizing it because I don't feel it necessarily belongs as a best picture because of the critiques I've, I've mentioned, but I still really do like a goddamn movie. It's well made. It's it's well shot. The, I mean, the set design yeah. and all that yeah. stuff is is really good. It's just like it's got good solid filmmaking fundamentals. It's we can just which allows us to get in there and, and essentially nitpick story and nitpick yeah. writing. Yeah, I I feel I'd agree. I think like I said up top, the acting is if you set aside the more problematic aspects, acting pretty good. Uh, but just I just yeah, I think you can tear some pretty big holes in the story of this film. We'll be right back after this message. Yeah. So I think it's become time to figure out where this film lies on our gigantic and growing list. Mm -hmm. So Uh, would 
raise your hand if any of you will start at the bottom if you would rate it above Godfather Part 2. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. Not like yeah. crime films. That's I, I talked to Tanner about this before. Mm-hmm. I I was very fully prepared to be the only one that wanted to put it anyone anywhere higher. Um in my in my personal ranking, uh this would have been Parasite, Rain Man, Godfather Two, Godfather One. But hey, you know, that's how the way the, the, the taco crumbles. But we're I gonna agree. I, I'm I'm in uh, the minority, but I said my piece. Okay, there we go. Uh, okay. We do have we do have a few minutes left. Uh I just want to do something that I thought of really quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh yeah. the nineteen eighty nine Best Picture nominee sucked. By the way, the other four were Working Girl, The Accidental Tourist, Mississippi Burning, and Dangerous Liaisons. When was the last time any of us talked about any of those films? Now let so, me go over let me go over some of the films that were not nominated and are far more beloved now. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro came out that year, as did Akida, Grave of the Grave of Fireflies, Cinema Paradiso, and uh, the biggest crime in my eyes, Die Hard, was not nominated for Best Picture in 1989. Huh. So it was a weird year, which is, yes. which is why, we can, why we get to watch it now, today, yeah. and talk about yeah. it. So let's take a look. Look at our graph to see it move. Ooh, there it goes. Number four on our list. Uh, number four. Mm-hmm. That's it feels fine. good. That's it feels fine. good. I don't know if it feels good. Number four, I, oh, whatever. It feels. It feels. It feels. It feels. <laughs> it feels, okay. man. And now <laughs> for the moment you've all been waiting for. Okay, ooh, let me open my letterbox. Oh dear, he wasn't. You've, you've got the letterbox. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh dear. Well, I'm usually, I'm usually on this. Yeah, I like you're right. Bit, I like a little bit more suspense. Uh, right, so give me a number. Give me a number. Oh, so oh. we've got 88 options, correct? Uh, correct. I need to find my list. Where the fuck? Okay. Oh, I got it. 88 options? Uh, yeah, let me see. I think I have to remove. Tension is rising. Yeah, I know. I have to remove. Happen. Uh, also, Twins starring Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, no, I already, did, I already did remove it. Okay. All right, we're good. 88. Right. Correct. I just yep. want to make sure I don't accidentally spin one that isn't and invalidate our spinning, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm clicking the spin wheel. Oh, it's going. Oh, dear. oh, dear. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Whoa! It's go- it went crazy there for a second. Oh. Whoa. Number thirty-three. Oh, okay. Mm. That's all right. That's either recent or oh, interesting. Late. Okay, mm. I know very little about this movie. Nineteen eighty-five. Mm. We're sticking around the same era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Directed by Sidney Pollack, Robert Redford, Meryl Streep, Out of Africa. <gasps> Out of, Out Af- of Africa. That, that's the one I've been joking about for so many weeks, and we're actually gonna watch it. Holy shit. I know nothing about this movie. I'm excited to I see. don't either. I, I just know nothing. that it's a movie that won Best Picture and no one talks about it. Never heard of it. I'm gonna yeah, I right now. honestly have never heard of it. So we're, we, were on the, we were on the crime bender. Now we're on the 80s bender. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> Holy yes. shit, 161 minutes. Oh, my God. Well, I said I, said I wanted the film I hadn't seen before, and I got this is the bit price in the ass. <laughs> Got a hot 69 on Metacritic. Ooh, Let's, oh yeah. Ooh. We, will have, we, go. we will have fire for our debate next time on I the agree. quest for the bestest. Stick around. We'll be here next week to discuss Out of Out Africa. Of Africa. Yes. yes. Madagascar right. 4. <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar 4 out of Africa. Out of Africa. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you all then. Peace. Bye. Oh.